You know, Paul uses military language when he speaks to the people. Now, this is fascinating. We're talking about Philippi. It's an ancient city, and it is something else. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembrick. And I'm Janice. And this is, of course, Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering the Bible for the 31st time. At the end of the year, we'll start again, time 32, and make a decision to read the Bible this year. Anyway, Corey, you're here with Ryan. What's going on? Well, because we're starting the book of Philippians today, I want to take a look at the prison letters of Paul. These are in a little bit of a different category than the other letters of Paul. Ryan? Well, today I take a close-up look at the life of one of Paul's most trusted associates, Timothy. Yeah, Timothy was amazing, uh, really was, and I'd love to to meet him in heaven. Anyway, what did we do today? My segment is called, Though the Road May Be Weary. All right, take your Bible guide and your Bible. Let's turn to Philippians and let's discover what God said. Philippians 1, verses 12 through 26. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell, for I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. We continue on our journey through the Bible, the 31st time this year. It's really good. And uh, I'm excited because we are covering things we did not cover before. And that, that I did that specifically so we could teach the Bible. And we'll do that next year as well. 
Philippians 1 and 2 is our reading. You know, just after 200 before Christ or BC, Philippi came under Roman control. And as a Roman colony was intended to be a little version of Rome. The city was a gold mining capital for Macedonia. And Greek, the language, was spoken there. And like all first century Roman cities a little bit later in time, many gods were worshipped there. Now go back to 42 BC and the city of Philippi was the site of a decisive battle which sealed the fate for Rome. It became a republic, setting things up to become an empire. So Philippi was an interesting place because the Roman government set many soldiers there and Philippi became a garrison city. Paul first visited Philippi on his second missionary journey, following the Macedonian call as recorded in Acts chapter 16. Now this is where Paul first met Lydia, a seller of purple, because she was open to the call of God on her life. That's interesting. Open to the call of God. Think about that. Do you know anybody who's open to the call of God? Isn't that fascinating? Philippi is interesting. And as we go to Philippi chapter one, I'd like to remind you to take your Bible guide and get there. If you don't have a Bible guide, why not? You can write to us and I'll send you one. You can call us and I'll send you one. You can go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, BibleDiscoveryTV.com, and you can get one. And uh, you just click on it and uh, it'll take you to a donate page. Thank you for your donations. And then you can download the PDF files as they're printed and join us in seconds and uh, get all this. You'll also see other material on there that we teach on or that we don't teach on on television, but we put it in there so you can continue to study it. Now, Father, I pray today as we study the Christian faith, we're going to be looking at the letter to Philippi. It's a garrison city. Paul is in that time writing to the church that he was involved in starting there, Lord. So help us to learn and help us to understand from your word what you have said. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we all said together, amen and amen. Now, Let's go to Philippi chapter 1, verse 12. It says here, but I want you to know, Paul says, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. What? Absolutely. The furtherance of the gospel. So that it may become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains in Christ and the most bre and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word, this is important, without fear. Without fear. Now notice here that Paul uses military language when he speaks to the people in Philippi. Even today, there are those in the military whom God has called do testify. Beloved, notice that Paul said without fear. And we have come through a time of tremendous fear. People are hiding in basements, staying away from others. They're terrified. That is not what God called us to. God called us to trust him and to take the provisions that are provided for us. But 
understand that faith in Jesus Christ is supernatural. It's not natural, but it's supernatural. Very, very important. Now, Let's go on because Paul talks about something else. In chapter 1, verse 15, he says, Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. They're, they're actually doing Paul damage. But the latter out of love that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. Wow. Verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And this I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. Hmm. Boy, that's important. Though some were preaching Christ out of envy and competition, like we see today, Paul was glad that the gospel of Christ was still being preached. Beloved, we must never be too judgmental in our assessment of others. Never too judgmental in our assessment of others. You see, beloved, we need to be careful with our words and don't place judgment on people because of what we think. Television and internet make you think something about a certain way, but you need to pray and ask God, Lord, help me to think. I need to think with the mind of Christ and pray for the people. Help them. Pray for the ones speaking. Pray for the teachers. James chapter 3 tells us that teachers are going to be more accountable to God for the words they use, beloved. That's very, very important. Let's keep that in mind. With that, let's go to the next passage because we can learn more from it. Chapter 1, verse 19 says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer. There's a lot talked about prayer in here. And the supply of the Spirit, capital S, of Jesus Christ. The supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectations and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Hmm. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor, yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am a hard-pressed man between two, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. <laughs> you know, Paul is so honest and he's telling the truth. To live is good because of Christ and to die is great gain because we pass from this life to life with Christ. There is no death. Only God knows the best for each of us. Beloved, we must understand, while we mourn, I've lost family members and I've lost people in the last eight months of my life. 
to this deadly disease. I want to tell you, everybody I've lost in my family knew the Lord, so I'll see them again. Praise God. Praise God. That's how we see it, and that's how we understand it through faith. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. Now, where we were first introduced to Timothy back in Acts 16, and Timothy is one of the main people we see in Paul's inner circle of people. But who exactly is he? Where did he come from and what became of him? Let's check it out. In Paul the Apostle's second and last recorded letter to Timothy before his execution in Rome, he writes to Timothy, a beloved son. Though Timothy was not really his son, Paul clearly thought of him as such. Indeed, Paul also refers to Timothy as a fellow worker, brother, bond servant, beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and co-equal in the Lord's work. Timothy was the son of a Greek father and a Jewish mother, and was reared by his mother Eunice and grandmother Lois in a godly home, making him a third-generation Christian. The name Timothy is the English form of the Greek name Timotheus, which is the combination of two Greek words, Timaeo meaning to honor, and Theos meaning God. Thus, Timothy means honoring God, or honored by God, or in God's honor. Paul probably met Timothy on his first missionary journey, which included a stop in Timothy's hometown of Lystra, in what is now Turkey. On Paul's second missionary journey, he would again stop in Lystra, this time to invite Timothy to join his ministerial team and become his fellow companion. Though Timothy, by blood, was only half Jewish, According to the matrilineal principle of descent, legally he was a Jew. Though he grew up learning and knowing the scriptures, the fact that he was uncircumcised implies that his upbringing was not characterized by a strict observance to the law. Thus, when Timothy accepted Paul's invitation to join him, Paul arranged to have him circumcised so Jews would have no reason to criticize the half-Jew for refusing to honor God's covenant with Abraham. To his credit, Timothy was obedient and he became a vital member of Paul's inner circle. Indeed, he was one of Paul's main messengers and problem solvers. In fact, on one occasion, Paul sent Timothy to possibly the toughest church of them all, the Corinthian church in Greece, because here a church member was having sexual relations with his stepmother. For this reason, wrote Paul, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Later, Timothy would become a pastor in Turkey at Ephesus, though Paul's letters to him seem to suggest that he may have become somewhat timid and reluctant to continue in that role. Therefore, though Paul is on the brink of execution, he encourages Timothy in the second letter to remain faithful and continue in all the things which he had been taught. Timothy also, at the request of Paul, apparently visited the apostle in Rome before his execution. Church leaders later wrote that Timothy eventually returned to Ephesus, where he became the first bishop of that church, and where he was martyred in AD 97 during another wave of Roman persecution.
You know what I love about Timothy is his obedience to God and the gospel. Though as a half-Jew, he was physically uncircumcised, he was willing to become circumcised for the furtherance of the gospel. Timothy was obviously very capable as well. After all, if he wasn't, Paul would not have sent him around to various churches to solve a whole bunch of different issues. Paul also obviously loved him very, very much as he considered Timothy a son. So let's take Timothy's example to heart and also be obedient to the call of God and the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, Timothy was an interesting uh, individual because Paul really took to him. In fact, in one of the last words that Paul wrote was 2 Timothy. And uh, it's a very, very intense book. We'll get to it uh, down the line here. But it's interesting because those Paul was in prison. He says to Timothy, he says, and bring my cloak and bring the scriptures, bring the, mm-hmm. my books to me. And he's talking about the things that are important to him. Now, he was trained as a Pharisee early on, changed his, his belief system because God did it. And uh, I find that fascinating. Timothy knew things about Paul that we never know, but Timothy knew. And uh, there's a lot of tradition following Timothy, but it's very, very interesting. So uh, thank you for that piece, Ryan. Very good. Excellent. All right. Well, today we are going to be taking a look at the prison letters of Paul, because based off of a few verses in the beginning of Philippians, we realize that that Paul is imprisoned while writing this book. So today we're going to be taking a look uh, at the multiple prison letters of Paul, because it's not just this book, this letter that Paul wrote from prison. He wrote several. So let's take a look. The Apostle Paul continued his work even while he was imprisoned for his faith. Several of his New Testament letters were written from prison, while the specific time or place of imprisonment is not mentioned in the letters. The fact that Paul was writing from prison is mentioned, and there are several factors that can be added together to create a sort of loose timeline for the writing of the books. Philemon, Colossians, Ephesians, and Philippians have traditionally been seen as coming from Paul's Roman imprisonment, written about in the end chapters of Acts. Furthermore, Philemon, Colossians, and Ephesians appear to have all been written in the same period of time. Ephesians and Colossians are linked by the mention of Titius as their letter carrier. Colossians and Philemon are linked by Paul's list of five companions, the same in both letters. Furthermore, greetings are sent in both Philemon and Colossians to a certain Archippus, a member of Philemon's household, leading to the conclusion that Philemon was from Colossae. With Ephesus being the closest major city center to Colossae, it would have made a lot of sense for Paul to send these three letters by the same letter carrier, Titius. The book of Philippians is traditionally seen as also being written from Paul's Roman imprisonment described in Acts, due to the mention of the Praetorian Guard and of Caesar's household. Philippians is also dated after the writing of Philemon, Colossians, and Ephesians, due to the more somber tone adopted by Paul when referring to his incarceration. This tone may have been caused by the sheer amount of time that his case had gone without being dealt with by the authorities in Rome. The majority of Christian tradition informs us that Paul was eventually released from this first Roman imprisonment. The book of 2 Timothy, then, is attributed to a second Roman imprisonment of Paul during the persecution of Christians by Emperor Nero. The imprisonment 
that would eventually claim Paul's life. You know, there are a lot of things that we could do if we were imprisoned for our faith, but Paul chose to spend the time continuing his mission that God had given him, not only by spreading the gospel, but also by instructing the church and attempting to build their faith. He knew that he wasn't going to be around forever and he wanted to finish his race well. He wanted to truly help the churches and the people that he had left in charge of these churches. So um, it's something that Paul, I think, did well in his leadership is that even when he could have been strictly concerned with himself and with his life, he wasn't just concerned about himself. He was concerned for the body of Christ. Uh, and, and that is something that is very admirable. And this is this is fascinating to me because if you're in prison, mm -hmm. okay, and this tells you what tells us what kind of man he was. You know, you can, you can be thinking about, you know, how are they treating me? Do I have the right food or whatever? But he doesn't think about that. Mm -hmm. He thinks about the churches that he's visited before yes. that need to have instruction. And he's concerned. And he didn't let himself get distracted. No. Right? Like he could, if, if Paul had let himself get distracted by... Uh, you know, the religious leaders imprisoning him and getting imprisoned in, in uh, the political, you know, intrigues of Caesar or whatever, we wouldn't have the same Bible that we have today. So, so his willingness to stay on target and to be focused on building the kingdom of God first before all things has made Christianity what it is today. And would God have used someone else? I'm sure he would have, but he didn't. He used Paul because Paul stayed on target here and he was willing. He was willing to sacrifice for the furtherance of the gospel and for the establishment of the church. And this is a challenge to us today, you know, in our society in the West where we are generally very spoiled. Are we willing to put our own um, interests aside to make sure that the gospel is presented in a truthful and accurate way. Are we willing to love like Christ loved? Are we willing to do that? We, we have testimonies of people like Paul who were willing to do that. Uh, so yeah. it's a question it's, it's, it's for a each really of us. Good question. And that's where my segment is going. So we're just going to keep this going here because I think um, here in the West, the Church of the West is learning a different level of change mm. that the church uh, on the other side of the world has known before. Uh, and we talk a lot and pray a lot for the persecuted church who have lost so many of their rights, um, who when they come to Christ can be a loss of their physical life, uh, a loss of family, a loss of jobs, a loss of those things. And I think in the West, we have such blessings that when things begin to be removed, we have more of a reaction mm -hmm. uh, because we have not been or have faced those things before. And where I was going with mine, uh, though the road may be weary in my segment today, Paul says to the Philippian church, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me, so listen to what Paul is saying. The things that have happened to me have actually turned out 
for the furtherance of the gospel. And Corey, what you were saying before, that he, that he was able to stay focused, that his eyes were able to stay on the calling mm-hmm. of God to his life, to preach the gospel, to preach to the Gentiles, to, to teach from his word, to make sure that people weren't straying into some false doctrine, into some false teaching. He was trying to get, that was what he was doing. And it says, so that it has become evident So let me back up. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And he goes on to say that the the scripture continues to talk about how Paul's life encouraged other believers to speak out in boldness without fear for the gospel of Christ, keeping steady on that, bringing people to the knowledge and the salvation of Christ. What's my point here today? If our life is committed to the Lord Jesus, then we must understand that the circumstances that come up in our lives must be given over to him. Our trust must be given to him for the outcome and our testimony through that because God promises never to leave us or forsake us if we follow and obey him. That's his promise to us. Then our testimony, our reactions as a Christian, the way we act and respond to others will have an impact on those around us. It will have a ripple effect, whether little or whether great. There's a great song again. I'm going to tell you the words written by Laura Forbes Taylor. It's called Carry Away a Song. Carry away a song, carry away a song. Keep God's message of love in your heart as you travel along. Though the road may be weary, sing a song that is cheery. Live the happiness Jesus imparts and carry away a song. You know, oftentimes when we hear about the apostles who were in prison, Did they stop and complain and try to figure out ways and talk about this and that? No. Oftentimes we hear in the scriptures, Paul was writing letters to the churches to encourage them to make sure they were on the right track. And I remember other apostles hearing that they were singing hymns while the prison guards were listening and gave their lives to the Lord. times a week we talk to you and we pray for your needs at the prayer meeting that's 3 30 that's new york time or eastern standard time on monday wednesday and friday on facebook and youtube at bible discovery look us up we'll be live in those times and join us in prayer today we need to pray lord until you return or take me help me to live for you each and every day of my life in jesus name amen 